This episode of Neon Black is brought to you by our friends over at Ease. Ease, for fast delivery of the best legal, licensed and fully tested marijuana products, go with the biggest and most reliable marketplace in the whole of California. Anyone 21 and over can get verified online within minutes, browse a vast selection of the best brands, and watch the clock count down to a friendly driver arriving at your door in just minutes, not hours or days. Why drive all the way to the dispensary and wait in line when Ease can come to you? Check out Ease.com, that's E-A-Z-E, for regular discounts and price drops and get $20 off your first delivery with promo code NEON1. And delivery is free on all orders over $50. So go to ease.com and enjoy the moment. Neon Black, I'm Shane Gilmore. And I'm Ryan Jaso. And I'm Chris White. Chris White back on the mic for Neon Black. Back on the saddle. Thanks for having me. You okay? Are yeah. You in one piece? Yeah. Worked yeah. too hard on you? No, I'm good. I'm good. No, you held your own. You know what you're dealing with. That was exciting. He's known as assholes long enough. Yeah, yeah, he knows what to expect. He's numb. He's numb to our idiocracy. <laughs> I like these conversations. Uh, today we go. We we spend we spend a long time, and and it was I, I I I found it an enjoyable conversation just about the state of hip hop and and the branding of music and artists and and how that's given these these some of these guys longevity and also maybe the sad state that that hip hop might be in three months into 2019. Yeah, I think you know we we get into it on the show, but I think we. We disagree on where hip hop is and where it's going, but we talk about uh, the new Wu Tang series. We always disagree. Yeah, that's kind of our gig. Uh, we talk about the new Suicide Squad casting of our boy uh, Idris Elba to replace Will Smith. Um, Facebook's having some issues, and uh, there's a new billionaire. There's a new third place billionaire who just passed Warren Buffett. Not third place billionaire, third richest man in the world. Third richest man in the world. I'm sorry. Yeah. So. Because no, no one's a trillionaire, so it's taking fashion to a whole new level. And uh, we get into some, we we get back into our Kanye roots. We haven't talked about him in a while. It feels yeah. like it's probably only Thank been Chris two weeks for bringing us back to Kanye. Yeah, I I felt like we couldn't not talk about it. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, we, I think we covered a little bit of new ground with Kanye. At least we did. We, we did. did. We covered we a little did. new ground with him. Yeah. Uh, you can catch us every Tuesday and Friday on ControlForever.com. And if you are on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Or I can't YouTube. The, fuck. <laughs> I always do that. Or YouTube. You can check us out on any of these platforms. And if you're on iTunes, go ahead and click the little podcast app and hit the subscribe button. Little subscribe button, and maybe Jason will, will uh, send you an autographed headshot from when he was 18 and trying to be an actor. <laughs> or maybe I'll just remember all four platforms that our podcast <laughs> is now living on. Neon Black. Special episode. For those of you who don't know, there was supposed to be another host in Neon Black originally. And his name was Christopher Alba, and he's sitting here with us today. <laughs> yo, yo. In the very, very early workings of Neon Black, it was you. It was me. It was you. It was. It sounds like a like a like an ex-girlfriend. It was you. It was always you. Wow. It's you, not me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome, buddy. 
Thank you for having me, guys. Stoked to be here, man. Yeah. I said stoked to be here, but I meant to say I'm stoked that you're here. Um, let's I'm stoked to be here. Thanks let's, for gracing us with your presence, Shane. Well, yeah, it's a, it is always a special thing when I'm around <laughs> any of you guys. Uh, That's true. I realize. Um, let's jump right into it. Um, Bernardo Now, uh, CEO, owner of LVMH. I, I kind of owner of LVMH, but CEO uh, is just uh, just leapfrogged Jason's boy Warren Buffett for the third richest person in the world, uh, valued at eighty three point one billion dollars. He just uh, edged past Buffett by about $100 million on Tuesday <laughs> to join the top three. It's funny how $100 million Doesn't is the discrepancy point. Oh, yeah. Like, like it's not a lot. Like it's not a lot. In, like, the, in the reference of $83 billion, I guess not. Um, for those of you who don't know, LVMH is the, the biggest biggest uh, luxury brand in the world. They own brands such as Louis Vuitton, Marc Jacobs. What are the ones we looked at? Givenchy. Yeah. I mean, Hennessy, Belvedere, Chanel. Yeah, Hennessy. Belvedere. Moe. Chris loves that hen up in the club. I do. Love, was that an Asian reference henny, though? Henny, hen, hen. I didn't oh. even, I totally forgot about that part. <laughs> do you like henny? Uh, did you ever drink I, it? I did for a little while. I was a, I was a crown guy though. Yeah. And I don't even know how that started. I know. Oh, well, started. crown's good. Oh. Crown's yeah. good. Mastercraft. Mastercraft likes yeah. crown. Yeah. So we used to always pound it with, Adrian would always hand yes. me bottles. Of, Adrian Brett used to hand us bottles of crown all the time. And I liked the little purple bag. <laughs> no, <in>. yeah, <laughs> Canadian whiskey. Yeah. Crown's one of, like one of the few boozes that I drank early on in my drinking career that I still don't mind. Yeah, yeah, it's much better than a lot of the shit you drink when you're oh, 21. Yeah. Peppermint schnapps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. think if you try to drink that now, you'd probably die. I can still taste it. Can you? I can still taste the like the actual schnapps. peppermint schnapps or the vomit. The vomit. Vomit. Okay. The vomit coming out of my nose. Like right. the reverse. That, peppermint but that has schnapps. the peppermint. Has the peppermint smell. Mint. Right. Bile smell. Yep. It's disgusting. Yeah. But an acidy taste. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I even don't even, my jam forever was was Bacardi and Diet Coke. And now I can't even like stomach that. I don't mind Bacardi still. It's the, the Diet Coke mixture tastes very specific. <laughs> you know, every time, I've said this with Chris millions of times because we used to, you know, drink a little bit back in the day. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The thing little that- Little being keyword. You, you would only get over a certain type of drink if you had a really, really shitty night in your 20s. You had to like be vomiting kind of. up that I mean, stuff. I ran, I mean, I ran that rum train for probably 15 years. I can still, I still love rum. Yeah? Yeah, especially Bacardi. Like that was my Rum's shit. Rum's a gnar hangover. The, what is it? The it Bacardi is. Silver or whatever. You wake up in the middle of the night so thirsty too. <laughs> so well, see, thirsty. I could you're never like, you're drink... in the bathroom sink yeah. just like hitting the water with your hand. <laughs> I could never drink <laughs> vodka. Like I had a weird, like I was allergic to vodka or something. Like if mm. I had like two vodka cocktails, I would puke. Mm. So I never drank cocktail <laughs> or vodka ever. And so it was always either like, it was always tequila or, or rum. So no like sex in the city martinis for you? No. No Cosmos? No. I actually huh. like the salt of, of martinis too, but I think you can get a martini with a different booze, right? Mm -hmm. Gin, gin. You can't yeah, need a gin. Yeah. Dirty martini. Gin isn't that much better than vodka, but... Are you dirty yeah. martini guy? Dirty martini with a blue cheese olive? Sure. It's kind of untouchable. I, you're asking me if I... Like, I, if I I probably drinking a dozen martinis over my entire life, so I don't know if you call me a dirty martini guy. <laughs> call you dirty. Yeah, you can call me dirty. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, but congratulations, Mr. Arnau. I wish uh, I wish Buffett was my boy, by the way. Eighty three point one billion dollars. God. That's in just fashion. Funny money. Which is that that's what's crazy yeah. to me is the third richest guy is yeah. 
of a fashion Yeah, it's not fortune. like tech no. or something that like runs the world. He's probably the least powerful 83 billionaire <laughs> like of all those guys. Like he really probably is like the least powerful as far as like, like Zuckerberg has all of our information. Yeah, I was going to say, he has no yeah, 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 yeah. The probably has like the government on speed dial. You know, he's working with, with the NSA. Like, <laughs> He's like, I got a receipt for these Celine like the, sunglasses like you the, bought. Yeah, the president of France is like hitting him up for a fucking Louis Vuitton bag. Like, what, you know what I mean? It's, My wife really likes your stuff. <laughs> oh, man, making myself laugh. Speaking of Zuckerberg, uh, uh, there's speculation. And this, isn't, this, is, uh, this is based um, on a combination of the earnings report and on a... Uh, on a uh, a survey taken, but there's speculation that, that Facebook's usership has dropped by, uh, has declined 15 million uh, since 2017. Um, counterintuitive to the earnings report that the company itself uh, is up uh, 2.3 billion. Um, but that makes a lot of sense, right? It makes a lot of sense in the sense Instagram is the growth, is, 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 is the growth generator for someone like Facebook. Yep. It does make sense <laughs> too, uh, even though it's a lot of fucking people, I'd imagine, 15%. Um, that Facebook would be down, or I'm sorry, 15 million. It's not a lot. In, again, not a lot in the scheme of 2.32 well, 2 billion. And it goes back to the question: like, can you really ever delete your profile? Yeah. Does that? What does that like, count? Like, how does that, I, the active monthly users on here? They're saying Instagram has now the more than a billion users, but 400 million monthly active users of its. Oh, that's just of its stories product. Yeah, exactly. Because you can't really deactivate from it. You're Permanently, because I, I think with Facebook, Facebook is that's where your family and yeah. your like close close friends are. So to cut that off, it's like it's like I can't. I, I thought, that's like how I been, see what my mom is doing. Is yeah, like through I, Facebook. I agree, but for yeah. you, it is that way, and probably and for me as well. You like to see the people our age, but I know that younger under 18s are not interested yeah, because they no don't way. want. They don't want to be talking about barfing last night from drinking too much. As oh, hundred percent. And yeah. mom's like, "What?" Posting the Schwashka beer pong picture yeah. on, on Facebook. Jesus. Yeah, it's Stay classy, the, the, the best thing about Facebook is like it's easily been like the technology learning curve for the for like the two generations older than us. Totally. Because it's like when when I'm when my mom got on Facebook, you know, you spent like three years trying to explain to your mom not to take everything literal. Right. Literally, like. Oh no! They posted that you know it's it's their birthday party, so I'm just gonna show up to their birthday. That's not the way it works. It's not like really an invitation, right? Like, it's not you know. Don't forget, our parents are the same ones that would forward you chain mail, sure, so they wouldn't die or whatever sure. if they didn't send it to 15 people. <laughs> My mom was like totally that person to make sure, like, hey, did you uh, just just you should check this out? I'm like, mom, no one's dying. You're good. Oddly enough, uh. Producer Jesse and I, as if you didn't know, obviously we're brothers, but um, our parents are like, when did they finally like fall board? Like, when did they get cable? Probably like 2011. Yeah, like they still don't have call waiting. Wow. They still don't have call. We didn't have a TV till we were like, till I was like junior in high school, maybe senior in high school. Are they still rocking like a landline? No, oh, they still have the landline. Oh, My yeah. parents got rid Wolf of the landline Edge. recently. Oh, yeah. yeah. Luckily, I don't think they really use it that much anymore. Which I'm kind of so I'm kind of proud of them for that. I don't know when the last time you guys signed up for like DirecTV or something. Now they're just giving you phone lines. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, well, here, how, just how take I noticed one. it is like my if I want to I want if you if I want to get a hold of my mom, I used to 
you rarely would call it your cell phone. You call the house line because you know you could get her on there. Yeah. And now it's the opposite. I can't get her on the landline. So it's like, I'm proud of her. I'm proud of mom. Just stepping yeah. away from the landline. <laughs> call waiting though. You don't have call waiting. The like busy got, signal, I forgot that's a thing. They got a, they got like a, they got like a, what, like a 75 inch TV. It's the funniest thing in the world because you, this is a family, like we weren't allowed to even watch TV like growing up. And now mm. they have a fucking the biggest TV you can buy, like the thing looks like the size of a of a movie theater when you go in the house. That it's just like, <laughs> like where was this when I was young? I, know. <laughs> I was turning the dial. Seriously, I was fucking holding up the antenna trying to find the, the get I'm, the I'm channel. With, I'm with you though. I didn't have cable till I think my parents didn't get cable till I was like in high school. They were they no, were but I should, we should have didn't even have a TV. Not in the house at all. No, no you're because, so because gung ho on my mom and my <laughs> making up for my mom time. and stepdad were hardcore Christian. And they were worried the TV was like a bad, it was it was a bad influence. Mm. So yeah, when I would like, we go to our grandparents' house and just like veg out all weekend. That's, or, that's what happens. Though. That's what happens. That's what happens. It's the same. It's the same with all my friends who had crazy curfews and weren't allowed to uh, drink soda mm-hmm. or any of that shit. It was right. like those kids are like, holy shit! Now he yeah, does that heroin. Probably is why I love yeah. why I've always been so into movies and stuff because I I never took it for granted. I guess. I guess. It's just kind of that way with everything, though. I mean, I, I remember in high school, I don't know if it's the same for you, I had friends that didn't have curfews at all. And it was like, whoa, how do you well, not have a curfew? <laughs> I had a curfew. And then as soon as I turned 18, it was like, I'm not coming home till 5 a.m. It's the curse ever. of the oldest kid because, yeah, I, I, I remember like my senior year of high school, my curfew had gotten moved from like 10 to 11 p.m. And that was a big deal. <laughs> like this motherfucker sitting next to me didn't even have a curfew. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's something to be said. The most accurate commercial is that one where like the first kid, they make sure you don't drop them. Yeah. Third kid, you're like, hey, eyes up here. Yeah. You don't give a shit. You don't give a shit. I'm, I'm on my third right now. And it's like the things that I was so worried about with Phoenix, I'm like, he'll be fine. dude. He just rolled off the couch, dude. Just a little bump. But it's, it's going to be away. different for you because your kids are so close in age. Like you're going to have to react to their personalities a little bit more. True. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to have the luxury of of a five-year cushion between kids to be like, okay, we get it with the old. You're just going to, you're going to pick on one of your kids, essentially. I, I guess. We know Phoenix is going to be a wild man, so we already know it's going to be him anyway. Gonna be. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> he already is. He's a fucking terrorist. Six, <laughs> six-year-old terrorist. Did have tattoos when he's 12. He's <laughs> like, dad, I got a face tattoo. <laughs> Yeah. I could picture him with a face tattoo. Look like a Zane album <laughs> yeah. cover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Got my face tattooed with a pen and a lighter in the bathroom at school today. <laughs> what do you mean, Dad? You have tattoos? Yeah, you have tattoos. Not the I know. same. Not I'm the same. This isn't I'm so okay. worried about some of those arguments. Like, am I allowed to clap back? Uh, I think you are because you're still you're still dad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> dad, dad holds all power. I feel so hypocritical. Don't do drugs. <laughs> but once once he's eighteen, then all your power is gone. Oh, then gone. all of it's gone. Yeah, trying to learn from our boy Cole a little bit about what to do. Yeah, yeah. I that's a thing. Especially these days, like don't get me wrong, you shouldn't let your kid, you know, shoot heroin in the house or whatever. But like, if they really want to do something, they're going to do it. I I you know? absolutely agree. That's what that's what's so tough is like you can't tell if you're overparenting and it's just mm-hmm. going to like they're going to like. All that stuff's repressed, so then they're gonna yeah. freak out and want to do it. Or do you let them go? And then there's the they can if you don't have a curfew, there's the kid that's gonna go out and do something really stupid without a curfew. I don't yeah. know. Being a parent's tough. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. I guess I'm the only I'll one that's worried. Yeah. 
Uh, Am I the only one that's stressed about this every day? Okay, just checking. <laughs> yeah, my dog has a curfew, so that's cool. Um, we talked about it. We talked about this a little bit last week, but uh, Will Smith dropped out of Suicide Squad, um, and today they announced Idris Elba is going to be replacing him. Oh, what a good wow. replacement! Talk about just power moves, huh? Yeah, Idris is the man. I know we've talked about this before, but I told Chris because he DJs too. I was like, "We're overpaying. I don't care." Yeah, we're booking him. Like yeah, we're booking him just probably, because he's rad. Because he's, he's the man. He's yeah. probably worth five grand as a DJ, but let's offer ten. Yeah, and they still said no. <laughs> sure. Yeah, Idris, but he is in a weird place, and he's picking weird roles because he should, like, exactly like you guys said, like he's the man, and for like where. Like the esteem that people hold him in, right. you really look at his roles, especially like when he's in, like in the lead. He hasn't really picked that great of roles. What was that Dark Tower yeah, like, train wreck? You yeah. Exactly. You yeah. want you want him to pick like Tom Hardy shit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah like Dark Tower is a perfect example. Yeah. And like, you're like, why wreck. are you doing Pacific Rim? Stop that. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're way too cool yeah. to be doing. <laughs> way too cool Rim. to be doing that yeah. shit. But then he did. He did show up in what was it, Rock and Rolla? No, he's always getting supporting roles. He'll show great. up in supporting yeah. roles. It's like, but when he's getting these, when he's you know, it's supposed to be the number, you know, the the name on the poster. It's like, you know what I want? Come I want, on, dog. I want a movie where it's like a co-headline, co-star, him and Mahershala. It would be amazing. Sure. Oh, wow. Put sure. them both in something where they can lead something. I know you don't agree with me, Jay, so, but I think the suicides, with, because James Gunn's directing it, who directed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, the, the, the gentleman that was, that was fired for Disney from, for his- Putting uh, his girlfriend in suitcases. Yeah. yeah. Uh Making nice. her a contortionist <laughs> sounds like. But the guy files. knows how to. The guy knows how to make a big budget superhero movie. So I do think this is going to be interesting. <laughs> That's kind of the Hollywood theme. God damn it, he's a piece of shit human. But you know what? He's talented. But he's as talented fuck. as fuck. <laughs> Let's run with it. That's really what it is. I, I don't. I don't really have a problem. I just feel like Suicide Squad was just so bad. It was terrible. I just don't care. But again, it's not that I disagree with you. Maybe James Gunn will make it cool. I just. I'm really uninterested. I think Suicide Squad's like one of the worst movies I've ever seen, period. Like for that level of, and <laughs> yeah. I'm not even making Budget, a joke. Yeah. For that level, yeah, for for being a tentpole. Uh, DC like, property? Well, and just in general, like, I mean, when was the last time you saw like a movie with that type of a budget be that like completely unwatchable? Aquaman. <laughs> and but, even, but like Aquaman I, even had some like continuity to it at least and like you could tell they were trying to be like they were trying to make a dumb movie if that if makes you, sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, were know? they? Were they? Sorry. I can, That's I a need, wonderful question. I don't know. Were they? I've never seen it. Aquaman okay. was this whole other weird experience okay. that okay. I, I, I still don't know whether that's a bad movie I or left. Not. I haven't walked out of a movie theater in, my adult, yeah, in my adult life and I left. I was like, I man, this is I think they were trying terrible. to. I think they were trying to make it like weird. But America is a basic bitch. Like, let's be real. America is a fucking Starbucks. Sure, uh, but I'm comparing eggnog, it, yeah. Frappuccino. That's what. No, America but you haven't is. seen but Aquaman. Pumpkin spice Aquaman's latte. a whole nother. Aquaman's like Aquaman seems like they're they're uh, like it seems it seems like they're parodying. They like took like uh, yeah. like like Schwarzenegger, yes. Van Damme, Bruce Willis, and like wrapped it in this like new CGI thing. But it's not. They don't. They don't lean into it enough to where you can tell that like Correct. okay they're taking the and place. the art, and yeah, the art direction yeah, isn't in, cool at all like the art direction's terrible like the, yeah. the the effects are fine but the actual like the the production direction is terrible it's yeah. really weird costuming's terrible like yeah. it just it reminded me of Batman Forever in not a good way there's a lot of people that fondly yeah. look at like Batman Forever and that's a good, so bad it's good it does remind me yeah it yeah. does kind of give you a Batman the 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 series or Batman Forever feel yeah like just. Like pow, 
Yeah, so, exactly. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but to Wu Tang news, some news that we're always happy to, to partake in. Um, funny enough, friend of the podcast, Eric Avellino, was, was, was almost going to be directing a couple episodes of this, but Hulu's Wu Tang, um, an American saga uh, that's, I believe, is being produced by, by the uh, RZA. Um, it's uh, some type of a narrative that follows a younger Wu Tang clan all the way leading up to them becoming the Wu Tang clan. But uh, big casting news out of there. Um, rapper Dave East was cast as Method Man. How do we feel about this? I'm in on it. You're in on it. I'm in on it. You're in on it. Yeah, I, I am. I am. Even if it, <laughs> I don't know how well it's going to be done. I hope it's amazing. But uh, I'm like, I'm just a sucker for woo. Like yeah. I, I watched like really bad hip hop documentaries, really bad ones, and like that's, they that's, still they still do it for me. I'm gonna put you straight on front right now. You watch a lot of bad TV and movies in general. I, I no, it's murder. As long as there's murder, no, and, and, I don't know if that's and, true. I don't know if that's true. Some type of some type of like DNA analysis, or <laughs> that's, like that. that's his wife. Chris is in on it. Chris is in on. Yeah, it. my it's really that's strange. I feel like I've talked about this before, but my wife likes um, like Pixar children's movies or Forensic Files yeah. to fall asleep to. Like it's either the most dark, like and a twisted, couple that one one person like. Decapitated the other one with dental floss or something. Yeah, just, yeah, it's like disgusting. beheading, like child rape. But yeah. she can do it because the reenactments are so bad that it's like not real to her. But she's also intrigued by the the story. It's when it's too real. It's like that yeah. with like you know kids movies. And then she wants Andy to find Buzz Lightyear. Exactly, mm-hmm. and and that'll happen back to back. And sometimes you'll do like the sandwich where you do the Pixar, then the forensic, then back to really, yeah, then back to the kids movie. It's, it's a it's a combo. really it's just a weird ride. It's a weird ride. Yeah, I'm I'm so I when I, when I first heard about this Wu Tang series that was coming out, I was I was pretty excited. Especially you know Amazon's done a pretty good job with their original programming, um, and I I I like Dave East is one of those rappers. He's a throwback. I love. I, I. He hasn't had any huge hits yet. He. Should, I think he has a new album actually coming out um, this month. Um, interesting dude, but he's not an actor, and that's what scares me that they're casting non-actors in these roles. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you're not going to find. I don't know. Maybe he does. He doesn't really sound like Method Man. Who sounds like Method Man? Nobody. Method Man sounds like Method Man. Yeah. Also, when's the last time that RZA has been involved in something that was bad? Oh well, you could argue that uh, what is it, man, with the the one where the guys got the dragon hands, the fucking <laughs> the kung fu movie he made. Oh yeah, that one's not great <laughs> with Russell Crowe and uh, and it had like a crazy cast, man yeah. with the dragon gloves or right. Girl, I, how about I got a question? Why doesn't Method Man play Method Man? He's still because well, they're supposed to be really young. It's supposed to be uh, them pre Wu Tang working into Wu Tang. Method Man looks exactly the same to me he now. Does though. Though. Yeah, he, he hasn't he, really aged. He looks right. exactly. He looks the really same. young in uh, Board or not Boardwalk. Sorry, he looks really young in The Deuce. Yeah, mm. I love Method Man. Yeah, I, I just I want to. I hope I'm with Chris though. I'm in. But then again, no, I'm totally in. I I'm totally in. But you figure what? Like Straight Outta Compton was all unknown actors. Um, True. Minus Paul Giamatti. Well, like, yeah, pl- playing NWA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's all unknowns. <sighs> you can learn how to act. I, you can learn how to act. That's the other thing. I'm sure Davies can take acting. We're, we live in the age of the of the Donald Glovers and the the Justin Timberlakes and the, these guys that do everything. You can learn how to do other things. What do you think? Harder to act or harder to harder to learn how to rap? 
Oh, that's a good question. And I mean, well, not like just be able to do it. I think it's probably harder to rap. I would think so, right? I would think, yeah. I think so. Because we already you know can it. shoot around. You can kind of shoot around bad actors if you're smart, if you're kind of a smart director. Yeah. And you can kind of get them at least to a place to where they're not yeah. obviously terrible. Fix it in the cut. Too. Yeah. yeah. You can edit around it. And you can, but you got to think too. But I guess uh, on the flip side, especially with the way sent, well, especially with the way rap is now, you kind of actually don't need need to rap. Yeah, I well, guess it's was, like define. Yeah, rap. define. Like, are, are we talking like poetry and like? Yeah, are we, you are know, we talking like about rap? Real We're obviously talking about or, rapping like Wu Tang Clan, which is yeah, that's yeah. fucking really hard. That's, yeah. that's are we talking well, about like rap that's yeah. on the radio? Think too. I mean, how many athletes have tried to rap and it's never been good? Maybe an argument. I write, Shaq, I write for Shaq. Shaq was awesome, I for man. Shaq. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I write I mean, for Shaq. Very underrated album. And like the '87 Bears. Shaq Diesel's. <laughs> Shaq Diesel was was solid. The fridge. <laughs> the '87 Bears or the Ram. The Ram it. The Ram it. Ram it. <laughs> Whoever greenlit Ram it was pretty. No, I'm hyped. <laughs> I'm hyped for this Wu Tang series. Uh, I'm, I'm with you guys. That uh, they haven't really cast anybody big. They, they, they've cast Vin, Vinny Pastor. Who, Famously was was big pussy in in Sopranos, um, but yeah, we're gonna follow, we're gonna follow this one. I want to see who else. I want to see who they get to play RZA. That'll be the interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, they still all look good though. ODB looks good. Stoke for our boy Matt. We should ODB have him looks on. Really good. Talk about this. <laughs> Messed up. <laughs> oh, this guy is like you. You yeah. haven't been on in a while. He's just the king of the death jokes. Now nah, Seb is. <laughs> are, yeah, you guys both feed off each other like carry on. <laughs> uh, we we haven't really been following this case because it was a little it was weird. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of the information was being redacted, um, but now it really is looking like the reason that probably for the Yandi holdup, um, that Kanye West has been he's been uh, in a lawsuit with his with EMI. Who else is EMI? They're big. They're huge, right? EMI is huge. Yeah, it's one uh, of the biggest publishers. But uh, a bunch of a, a, a bunch of the lawsuit has finally come to light, um, and it's some weird verbiage. Uh, there's things in there that um, the original co- publishing contract that Kanye signed forbid him to, to to throughout the course of his life, basically ever stop making music, uh, writing, producing, and performing. So essentially, preventing him from retiring. Um, there wasn't a number of usually you you and Chris you and Jay. So you this is definitely. Your guys' uh, field, but don't generally you hot you when you sign these publishing deals. It's usually for a certain amount of albums, for the mm-hmm. most part, right? It's typically depending on how you do it. Usually, you get a giant advance, yeah, and it's until you either recoup that advance or it's a certain amount of albums. EMI is part of Capital, by the way. Capital gotcha. Um, but yeah, yeah from, from, from they own fifty percent of each song. I mean, like it's so hard to recoup. I assume. Kanye got a fat check in 2003. That that's kind of the the with my producer peers your your publishing deal. It happened. It's different for everybody, yeah. but a lot of times it was once you built your credibility to a certain level and almost like you were ready to retire in a sense, then you would go and you would get your publishing deal, you'd get your big advance and then you would just chill yeah. for like a matter of years and like okay, it's almost like I'm going to I'll pay that down, you know, like over time. Yeah, you I, always like. The, the, there's the, no way I've never heard of anything that would prevent <laughs> that would retiring. prevent somebody from retiring. If uh, you want to stop making music, you can stop making music. I mean, dude, you would think. What, what kind of provision clause is that? It's well, like 
Yeah, and then what would, be, what would be pretty... the front-end payment on something like that too? Because you're not basing that against a certain amount of albums. No, no, I'm sure he got over a seven-figure payday for sure. He probably got over a million. Not for life, but for life? That, that's the question. That makes no sense yeah. to makes me. Makes no sense. Yeah. But, so, but Kanye's also suing, uh, he wants, EMI owns 50% of all of his publishing post-2010. So that would be, uh, what would that be? That would be everything after 808s, I think. Um, Read your contracts, kids. That's all you need to learn from this. Yeah, doesn't, yeah. doesn't never Seb, give up your publishing. Seb has like that great saying where it's like page one tells you what you're going to get, and then pages uh, yeah. two through fifty are telling you why you're not going to get it. Well, you'll never get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you basically wild. get an advance. I, I mean, most publishing deals. I've never heard anyone be like, "Oh, I got a great publisher. I'm really stoked about my deal." <laughs> that is you, true. You don't hear those arguments true. very often. Um, That's why they always say like it's kind of. We'll see what happens over the next decade or so but a lot of the times when these giant publishing deals are done they're very predatory in the sense that like they know that you're not going to recoup these and if they believe in you you're going to get a check up front you're going to be paying it down over the next 20 25 years depending though right it's we why it's weird to me with kanye is a lot of people i know have gotten giant seven figure advances on publishing they've had huge hits Mm-hmm. And one hit can pay back the entire advance on something. So it's weird to me to see that he's still in a publishing contract with all the fucking hits he's had over the last 16 years. And it's not only, it's important to note on these, it's not only his songs, it's songs that he co-wrote for other people, yeah, well, that's songs that pub, he produced yeah. for other people. So not even just the stuff that's on his album. So yeah, a lot of hits. Yeah, a so lot of fucking the way, hits. Like, the way a record's broken up is there's publishing and then there's the master side of, of, the, of the record. So there's, on the publishing side, if you were and I and Chris were to write a song together, we might just get points on the back end, which would be the publishing side. So, yeah, like you said, there's tons of things he's co-written on, I'm sure. He was writing for Jay-Z and all these other people. Yeah. He's got points on all those records. That's That's, his catalog's worth probably over $100 million, I would imagine. Yeah, oh, like yeah. If someone were to Maybe. buy his catalog, it would be worth yeah, just that stupid I think, amount of Yeah, money. I think more. Probably, yeah. yeah, probably more. Uh, Which is I why do, they're not letting go. And I and I, <laughs> I kind of I referenced this when we first started talking about this, but is does give me a little bit of hope that Kanye, that the Yandi the Yandi pushback was not because he was having a mental breakdown or that the music was bad, was that it had something to do with this because he didn't want to release any more music under the, under his current deal mm-hmm. minus um, church and, Sundays. Well, I was going to bring that up if you guys have been watching. It's Kanye goes. To, I can't even think of what it's called. It's fucking weird. The whole thing's weird, but. Lately, the footage coming out of that, it sounds really good. There's, he's, Did you see the video on the plane? I saw a video on the plane. I saw the one he did <laughs> at Adidas. I saw the one, there's that one where he's on the keyboard outside and he's playing some beat that just bangs. Mm-hmm. What I like from all these videos that I've seen is he actually looks happy again. True. He looks like he's enjoying playing his music. He looks like he's enjoying music. He's enjoying being Kanye again. And hopefully we get some good stuff out of him. It's gonna, yeah. I can't me. imagine Yanni's gonna be bad, man. I really don't think it will be. I know everyone wants to like thrash him because of the Trump stuff and all the, all the bluster and bullshit he's been doing the last year, I guess. But I, I would be shocked if this is a bad album. I, I don't think he's got back to back bad albums. Though. I don't know that he'll ever put out like an album as bad as Ye, but he might not ever put out another album as good as even something like Jesus, let's say. Which is his like sixth best album, you know? Maybe. I think I think he's got more music in him. I think I, I think, I, think so, he's, I think he's got some more phenomenal stuff in him. And I agree that I think the the yay thing stings, and hopefully, 
you know, that one goes down as the the one where it's like this is Chinese a little democracy. too quick. Yeah, you yeah. weren't you weren't trying the way that you normally do. We'll yeah, see. there's too much going on there. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, that's that's an interesting thing to watch. If you think about it, not everyone has a career arc like he does, and the what do you fact mean? that he has, well, just he hasn't missed until yay. And a lot of people that you talk to like, it. like it's, it. It's weird, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of people that like it. So in reality, like that as a miss isn't a Chinese democracy what's, or some train wreck thing. What's interesting right. about Ye is Yeezus, which is just an incredibly piece of polarizing work, um, but was still a huge hit. I remember hearing more people having a problem with Yeezus when it came out than I even people heard hated about talking shit about Ye. Right. People hated Jesus. There was a song called Black Skinhead. I remember there was a Black lot Skinhead of... Black Skinhead was a fucking banger. But, but I mean, there was a lot of controversy about... Just, Bound, Bound Part 2. Oh, there's so many good songs. It's an amazing album. record, but that was all influenced by his love but for dance music. But it was split. Yeah. It was split. It was like, there was a whole... It was, very, it was very polarizing, sure. Jesus was. That it's like you had all of your like college dropout people on one side, and then you had sort of like the progressive, yeah. like cool kids on the other side. Sure. And Yay, I think, is, is more... Um, uh, I think collectively, people. Well, like, that's what kind of, and that's what kind of turned me off about Ye. Like Jesus, love it or hate it, he was it, it, similar to what he when he did when he went and did 808s. Like it was a departure from his from the sound that you were used to hearing. Yep. Or that body of Kanye. Yep. And you you at the very least had to appreciate the creativity. I I I vibed with it sonically. Like I I just really liked that album. Ye wasn't really a departure. It just wasn't good. That which which I think was so disappointing. It was right. like. What were you well, because going he, for there? We went through like album after album, like you said, 808s and Jesus, where he was taking risks and trying new things and working with producers like Asafelstein or Rick Rubin or all this other stuff. And then with Ye, it just felt like I don't really have anything else new to say. Yeah. I'm going to just make Kanye music. I think it was an experiment. I think Ye was an experiment that things were moving so quickly and like Drake's coming out with a new mixtaper album every like three or four mm -hmm. months and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to make beats really quick. I'm going to put it up and then I'll change it along the way. Yeah. And I think it just was an exercise in speed and um, like seeing how that would would turn out. And I think- you Yeah, know, you're right. I think you're right on that one. It'll be, it'll be an in interesting chapter in the Kanye book. Years from now, especially if Yandi or whatever uh, that th this new album is going to be called. I'm looking forward it's to good. it. And we'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. This episode of Neon Black is still brought to you by our good friends over at Fender Play. Fender have developed a complete learning app for guitar, bass, and ukulele, and within minutes, you can be playing classic and hit songs from The Stones, Joan Jett, Taylor Swift, Paramore, whatever you want, and a whole lot in between. Fender Play's library features thousands of lessons that teach skills, songs, and riffs in just minutes a day. It's even got a progress tracker and a very supportive online community to help keep your musical momentum up. All this, and it's less than 10 bucks a month, and there's even a free trial. And right now, if you sign up for an annual subscription, you'll save on the monthly cost and get 10% off Fender gear for the length of your subscription. So what are you waiting for? Grab your guitar, bass, or ukulele and start your free trial of Fender Play at fender.com forward slash neon black. Uh, let's go back to the movie, movies and streaming real quick. Uh, Spielberg, the possibly one of the greatest. Oh, I don't know if I'd call him one of the greatest directors all the time. One of the most successful and and definitely uh, uh, an iconoclast in the in the space. 
He's one of the greatest characters in the history of cinema. Well, he changed. He changed yeah. cinema. Like, there's no question. He changed the way movies were made. Um, he's he's recently come out, um, and a lot of people have had opinions on Netflix uh, and the, and the streaming boom and the way in the way that works. Um, but but he's basically saying that 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 because with with Roma getting either nominations or winning for so many things. Um, that that Netflix and other companies need to release their movies, um, I believe, for a month. He was saying, um, "Sorry, I'm, I think it's like thirty days is what he was saying. Two months is what he was saying. Um, otherwise, they should be barred from any kind of Academy Award consideration." Um, this isn't the first time this has come up. Specifically, two years ago, uh, Pedro Moldovar, the Spanish director, who was at the time he was the jury of at, at Cannes. Um, and he wasn't going to. He, ba- he basically said the same thing about uh, any ne- any kind of Netflix movie was not going to win the Palme d'Or, purely based on the fact that they were a Netflix movie. Hmm. There's been mixed reactions about this because a lot of people agree with him. A lot of people, especially in the studio side, um, agree with him. But then there's been there's 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 another side of the argument too. It says that Steven Spielberg is can still one of the few directors that can get any one of his movies greenlit at any type of a budget. And get theatrical release. So, <laughs> this is a weird argument for me because I kind of want to argue both sides. This is my model United Nations speech right now. But I agree with him because I would love to see these movies in the theater. Certain movies that that are well, you can. Netflix does release any of the movies that they like. The, like last year, Roma, Bird Box, and they had one other movie that they released in December, and they gave them a short theatrical run, so they were eligible. Because you do have to have some type of a theatrical run to be eligible to the Academy. I think from from a fan, I think it would be cool to be able to watch certain films in a movie theater. On the other side, this feels like old people hating on progress. And mm-hmm. this is just where we're at now. This is the way content's consumed. This is the way that people move. This is the way that people watch movies now. Netflix is increasing its followers every single month. People need to get on board because there's way more accessibility now to being able to be a filmmaker than there ever was before. Like you said, Spielberg's probably a handful of guys that can get anything greenlit by just walking into the room. Netflix, Amazon, Hulu made filmmaking and uh, movies in general more accessible to the masses. The same way the internet made music and Spotify and TuneCore and all these apps made music more accessible. No, because, no, listen, hear me out. You can put, if, if you're an artist, you could... I could be self-released, Chris could be self-released, and we can put out an album by ourselves and get it out to the world. You couldn't do that 25 years ago. You can do that Yeah, now. but he's, his argument is from the side of the consumer and not the side of the... Of the- is he saying it should be, it should be the Emmys, not the, the Academy Awards? Like, so is he hasn't he, really is he specified, saying, I think, okay. but I think that's... But I think a lot of people have jumped on that. And like, if, this is made TV, that part this of is the film. This, is, be part this of is the format, this yeah. is the medium, this is di- something different. Sure. yeah. See, yeah, it's a weird one because you also, like I said, you have that. Let's, I wouldn't even call it progress, but I just say just the state of the way things are. You do not have the same type of economy to make movies anymore. Uh, you know, Roma, I think Quaron made it for 50, like something like 15 million bucks or something. It's a black and white movie in Spanish, nobody's greenlighting that movie. You, he could have gone and made it for like three million, and it probably would have been amazing, mm-hmm. but. Um, and, but, and Quaron's also because he, you know, he's won an Academy Award but 
there's a lot of really good working directors like they can't go get the, there's just not a there's not an economy to go get the movies made anymore Netflix, Netflix is gambling more than Amazon, the studios are these other this this is the only way they can get their movies made do you think like the you know Netflix has a action movie about to come out that Triple Frontier crazy cast it yeah, looks, it looks like amazing. it costs Ben Affleck yeah. 100 and yeah Ben Affleck yeah. and Hanum and everybody's in it Oscar Isaac I think it costs like 160 million to make um, and a really, really good kind of art house director directed it. This dude, JC Shandor. There's no way he's getting that movie made for $150 million through the studios right. for a lot of reasons, you know, and probably a lot of responsible reasons. If, you know, it's, it's, it's not like the studios, these studios aren't making movies because yeah. they don't want to make movies. It's here's, just, here's an argument on the other side. We, we've said this before on the show. This has been the worst year, maybe, for Best Picture nominations. Yeah. Twenty eighteen was like the worst year I can remember, where we had a I superhero movie year. nominated as Best Picture. Yeah, you're going to make that argument now. It feels like Netflix and Amazon are taking more risks than the studios are. Right, and if you put them in, and they have the ability to be Just nominated, makes it makes it more it, competitive. It's a more, it's a, it's a more interesting. It's great for the consumer. Well, Netflix, in my opinion. And in my opinion, Netflix made one of the best movies of last year. The the what is it? Hold the dark. I thought that was one Hold of the, the best movies phenomenal. I saw last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that movie should have gotten nominated no. for Best Picture, but it was one of the best movies I saw. Uh, Amazon two years ago did The Lost City of Z. That was that was one of my that was that should have gotten nominated for Best Picture in my opinion, but. If you, there has to be an outlet for these, and I know why somebody like Spielberg, or you know, a Tarantino, or anybody that that comes from the the generation of making films in the seventies, the eighties, and the nineties, yeah. where there was a ton of money to make movies, the golden age, uh, the golden age of filmmaking, so to speak. Um, they also don't. I, I think a lot of them get a little irritated because because ne- Netflix has figured out how to game the system. There's no such thing as a flop. So essentially, all they have to do is make the movie and put it out. It doesn't matter whether or not it's terrible or not, because mm-hmm. it's it's the entire subscription. Well, and you, you know? have no idea how many people actually watch certain Correct. films. But the metrics aren't based on how good the movie is. The metrics are based on how many people want to see the movie. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. And if it doesn't, as long as they get one, you know, if one one new subscriber, because it's like, oh yeah, I want to see Orange Is the New Black, and I want to see Ozarks. Oh, and they're coming out with this Ben Affleck movie. Might as well get it. Might as well sign up. Yeah, that's, it, it that's is a bit win of, for it's them. an unfair advantage. So it is a little for, unfair yeah, for, for Netflix for the artist. Yeah, because it. it's like variety. Yeah. So it's like the that Netflix can just blanket and it can hit all these different niche demos and like yeah, it seems like a good idea. Go for it. Versus like a studio that has to greenlight something that's going to get people to leave their home. Yeah. And go and pay to see a movie in a theater. Like it, yeah. it, it is. It is a different game. And I also think the time, the fact that you're able to tell a story, um, you know, in a different format where it's not two to two to three hours. That unless is there a time like like oh, does that, it? Because if you if you have an eight hour movie, like that still counts, right? Or yeah. that's that's basically the argument. That's the argument. So yeah, and like it's so much easier to tell a really great story if you've got eight hours versus two. It is a different game. For sure. Yeah. I think if, yeah, I, it, it, it's so weird because, yeah, as an artist, I don't know, because there's two arguments as an artist too. The argument is, as an artist, you should be able to make exactly what you want, how you want to make it, yep. which Netflix allows. Yep. But then the other argument is, like, it should be the best possible piece of art. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's the other, the other side of it. I think Spielberg's just the wrong mouthpiece for this. 
Because yeah. it's like, dog, you're not playing. You're not playing by the same rules. Like, <laughs> you know. And it does feel like an old head kind of thing yeah. when it comes from. So him, that's what I'm for saying. Sure. It old sounds like rich dude. Yeah, that's yeah that are complaining about the way that things are now. Let's be real. Like, Spiel, and I'm this this, I, and I don't think this is part of Spielberg's argument, but Spielberg has not. I mean, Ready Player One was fun to watch. Spielberg hasn't had a great movie in a long time. You know, he spends a lot of money on his movies. But he goes for it. To his credit, they're not superhero movies. Yeah, but you know what? I guarantee you right now, Spielberg could pick up the phone, call Netflix, and say, I need 150 for a movie. You guys in? Oh, they'll write a check. So <laughs> it's they're like, you want to do a three or four movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 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 Well, that's what, happened with, that's what happened with that Coen Brothers uh, thing that Netflix put out. That uh, they just wanted to be able to work with the Coen, with the Coen Brothers. They're like, cool, we're going to make... We're going to make a series of weird vignettes about the West <laughs> and you guys are going to give us X amount of money. And they don't give a fuck. They can say they have a Coen Brothers movie now. Yeah. I, you can't, like you couldn't, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I think it was called. You can't put that movie, that in the theaters. It, it's ironic mm-hmm. because the guy complaining is super rich and he's basically complaining that there's someone even more rich that's kind of figured out a way to rig the system. Sure. But money is always also, one Also a big budget director. I thought Emotivar was a little bit more interesting. He's an art house director. Like he can kind of argue about this. He makes his movies for two, three, four million dollars. Is he the one that made the serial killer movie with Matt Dillon? No, no, that's uh, Lars von Trier. Oh, Lars von Trier. But so. he would probably give you the same argument. Same argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think von Trier is working on something for Netflix. Now that I think about it, but yeah, I don't know. It's always going to be. I just, I don't know. We've said this before. I don't know, get Chris, on the bus. Chris. We we've had this conversation. I, we, I still love movie theaters. I love going to see movies. And unfortunately, the economy for those movie theaters are either kids' movies or Marvel movies. Yeah. That's, that's really all there is. But that's, that's the other part of this argument, right? Because, you know, last year, the majority of movies the last few years have been superhero movies that have just, the studios are making those because they make money. That doesn't feel like the studios are taking the risks like they once were. Even Green Book... I haven't watched it yet, but you said it's just <laughs> Driving Miss Daisy and like a new version it's, of it. It's really They're the exact recy- same premise. And it's not new. The, the the studios have been recycling old storylines with new characters and new versions sure, for a while. Sure, that's always a problem or remakes or reboots. Or- I feel like if anything, this should kick the studios in the ass and hope that you need to pick, figure your shit out. Get on. Well, they get have. Up. They have yeah. figured their shit out. They figured out they only do one or two temple movies a year. It's got to be intellectual property or it's got to be crazy bankable. There's no more risks. You're never going to see another water world. That's probably a bad example, but you'll never see Yeah, they're just making, they're world. making safe bets. Exactly, which is why Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime are willing to make those Gives risks. Gives them a spot. Gives them yeah. a spot at the table. It's, as a, I think it's, it's hard. I can understand Spielberg's argument, but as a consumer, I'm stoked on all these platforms because there's an, an unlimited amount of great content I just tap you on the shoulder every single day I walk in and say, what am I supposed to watch tonight, basically? Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. too, like the studios and those producers, it, it, while you, like something that flops loses, kind of, will lose you money, it's also a little bit unfair when just the box office numbers are put up against a budget because the, vid, the, the streaming, now the streaming life, but what used to be the video and the DVD sales life, mm-hmm. the cable runs, all of those things amount to hundreds of millions of dollars for films that probably were, were a flop in the movie theaters. And, th- and those get held over the filmmakers as well when it's like, well, it actually wasn't, you know? Yeah. How, how are we measuring success here? So I, it's, it's, I think it's an unwinnable argument from both sides, but... 
the art should be the success. That's how I think. Yeah. Shouldn't it be about how much the numbers are. And the ability to make really great art, however that happens. Yeah. That it's mm-hmm. like, you know, there's there is more options now. And that there was a minute there where I started to miss those like the Miramax like yeah. twenty million dollar movies where Dude. you're like, where the fuck are these? And now it's like there's tons of them on Netflix and yeah. Hulu and, and Amazon. And I uh, think those will come back a little bit. I hope so. Like if you uh what was uh what was the one with Krasinski last year? I was like that was like a twenty two million dollar film. Oh, it was really uh, good and it was great. It was movie. a huge success. Uh, it was the one where quiet, they, quiet, quiet, quiet place. place. Yeah. Oh great yeah. Movie. It yeah, was good yeah. and it was like a twenty million dollar film and uh, you could you could see that entire budget in the film. Um, Post apocalyptic anything I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I think anything Krasinski I'm in. <laughs> um, let's talk. Let's talk Woodstock twenty nineteen because there's 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 been a little bit of a of a, of an uproar so far. Uh, and I wish Mike was here to talk about this because he acts like he was alive during or during Woodstock every time we bring it up. <laughs> yeah, he talks like, like he was Listen, there. Listen, dog, you weren't there in 1960 <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was. I when fought in Nam! <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, you didn't. You were born in 1979, dude. <laughs> um, so earlier this week, Billboard reported uh, that the killers, Chance the Rapper, and Imagine Dragons were among the headlining acts. Uh, while I, I personally don't have a problem with Chance or the Killers, Imagine Dragons is kind of a rough one, rough pill to swallow for for something that's attached to the legacy, like Woodstock. Yeah, when you see Woodstock next to Imagine Dragons, and I I really like Imagine Dragons, that's weird. It's just a... It's weird. It's it's a funky one. Yeah. Listen, no matter what they did with this lineup... There is no way to win. Jesus Christ and God could be headlining on Saturday, and you're not winning... You just you can't win you the can't. 50th anniversary of Woodstock, but also too because like, you, it's 2019. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But also, I'm everyone sorry. that was cool during Woodstock is dead. Even yeah, the, I'm sorry if you're going to Woodstock because you think you're going to experience like something that they experienced in the 60s. You're a fucking idiot. The like, only thing they should have done, and they should have gone out all the stops, pulled out every single thing they could have. Get Jimi Hendrix to play it. Had the, the roll. Had the rolling been sick. Hendrix uh, hologram. Yeah. Had the Hendrix rolling, The Rolling Stones should have headlined. Rolling Stones, and you could have had McCartney. You could have McCartney and Rolling Stones. Apparently, they have the Grateful Dead offshoot Dead and Company in Santana, which is pretty cool. But I'm looking at the I'm looking at this list and like and and but Jay Z, Black Keys, Miley Cyrus, Greta, uh, Robert Plant, Cage the Elephant next to Woodstock. That makes sense to me. But Imagine Dragon for whatever reason, it's yeah. Greta is garbage. I, ha- I have, yeah. Yeah, but they're still oh, yeah. rock. They're still yeah. okay. I don't like Greta, but they're still the, the type rock of rock band. that involve that that belongs in a format like Woodstock. Fair enough. It, yeah. Rack of Tours is dope. Rack and t- you know, it, it, Gary it, Clark it, Jr. Our guy, Portugal the Man's cool. Run the Jewels is cool. Courtney Barnett, yeah. Lumineers, like there's some cool stuff on here. Yeah, yeah. bite your tongue on the Lumineers. <laughs> you bite your tongue. <laughs> Robert Plant's dope. Jay Z, they got Jay Z. You got Jay Z. Th- yeah, that, that is dope. Robert Plant's playing because I thought he didn't play anymore in the U.S. Are they Am I wrong on that? How do you not get? I mean, but how do you not get Pink Floyd? Like, how do you not do the uh, Roger Waters? Yeah, Roger Waters. Roger Waters. Yeah. That was one of the coolest things I saw at Coachella in the last decade. There's, There's a reason it was extra like, cool. That is true. I think the problem is Chris is when looking at this is like Killers fine as a headliner, Chance the Rapper fine as a headliner. Imagine Dragons. Even Chance, though. I don't think Chance is big enough to headline something like something I agree. Like I, I agree. I, but, but you can't have Imagine Dragons as a headliner with like... But Imagine weird. Dragons is bigger than the, than the previous... They're probably big. I don't know if they're bigger than Killers. They're, they're, probably, they're probably bigger than the Killers. But Imagine Dragons, other than Jay-Z, is the biggest person on this list. But Jay-Z's like not their, headlining? I don't like their music. But I guess Jay-Z's not there anymore, huh? No, Jay-Z's got to be headlining. It's still, he's still Jay-Z. Yeah. No, Jay-Z's got to be. Yeah, I think he is. 
I don't even know how how that works. What do they have? Two stages and it's sure. weird if Jay Z's underbilled. I just oh I my imagined God. it in my yeah. head. If that he's right? like, what do you? If yeah. he's under chance, I'm firing my manager. <laughs> if I'm Jay Z, <laughs> if he's under yeah, you're a lot of people, list, really. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's nobody on here that's bigger than Jay Z. Whether it, yeah, it doesn't matter how whack 444 was. <laughs> I think he's won a Grammy for his last album with his wife. Yeah, in a bullshit category. <laughs> like what, progressive R&B, hip-hop category or some bullshit. Not really R&B, but kind of R&B. Not R&B, but we wanted to add this this award, so hopefully Jay-Z and Beyonce would show up, but they didn't, so Best fuck. Yeah. husband-wife R&B group. <laughs> That's like old like MTV award shit, where it's like, we're just going to add this just, category in, so we hope that they show up. We hope up. that they show. It, it's, it's like the over-inclusion. That's cool, Pussy Riot's going to be there. Interesting. Let's get to the main topic. Um, and this is the whole reason we wanted Chris on here today because for those of you who don't know, Chris is a uh, creative director of the Cold Creatives and you work a lot you work a lot in the, the music branding space. I'd I do. Say that's your, I do. That's your jam, so to speak. I spend some time there. So let's and, talk about Medea. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people, a lot of critics, not just, not just our writers, uh, so far have been writing about this first quarter of 2019 and a lot of people are speculating that this is kind of the end of people have been speculating for a long time that rap had plateaued, but that that we're really looking at a bad year, a possibly bad year in hip hop and R and B, based off of the best album so far is is Offset and Solange, let's say, and the, and and both of those albums personally, they're I, great. Albums. I like them. I wouldn't say go that far, but they're good albums. <laughs> no, they are. Like Solange is not. We talked about it. Solange is not. There's no hits on that new album. It's this. It's a very pleasing album to listen to, but it's not a great album. Chris, to keep you uh, up to speed, these guys only like albums with hits. No, that's not true. I like albums that have that just sound good from front to back. Got it. The metrics it. different for. He doesn't know what yeah, he's was, talking about. He doesn't know what yeah, he's talking. I have about. no it clue. Depends the type of artist. Hmm. Okay. They didn't like the James Blake album. Just put it that way. Wow. Wow. So, that's unfortunate. It's but it's the same thing as the Slunge <laughs> album. It's it's a it's a pleasing sound from front to back. There's nothing there that I'm like, dude, I gotta hear track four again. Right, right. You leave it on you and leave you, it just, on. you just let and it you ride. You walk away. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I like about it. That's what an I album's supposed so. to do. Album's supposed to yeah. tell you a story. Yeah. Album's not supposed to be like, oh, can't wait for song number three. There's the hit. Yeah. Yes you know? and no. Obviously the best version of that is you get both. Sure. And that's sure. what and that's what makes a great album though. Yeah. I don't know. So, it just depends on what it is. Sure. I think, yeah, I think it's So I think the conversation, objective. especially with hip hop, it's like if you look at this year, and I'm gonna count, I'm gonna count 21 Savage, even though he came out at the end of December, Future Offset, who's obviously part of Migos. Um uh what's his name? The album was Harvard Dropout, Lil Pump. Was that Lil, Lil Pump? Pump? Two Chains. Uh, Two Chains album. Two Chains mm-hmm. is a perfect example of these rappers that have sustained this longevity in their career. And I know that this definitely applies in the dance music space too where these dudes are becoming more and more famous, not off the quality of their music, but the way that their brand is presented and how they, I mean, look at 2 Chains. He didn't pop. He had to change his name and completely change his persona. No one gave a fuck about him when he was Titty Boy, even though that's definitely a better name. <laughs> you know, it's less marketable in Walmart. Less mar- yeah. yeah. There's a ceiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Mom, I want the new Titty Boy album. Can you grab it in Walmart? But, and you look at I don't these know guys. though. 18 year old me probably would have been in on it. Like Look, I'm, yeah. I'm buying it just because I'm it's saying Titty your mom's on the cover. Not buying it yeah, for, oh, you. for sure. For it definitely sure. would have been That's the, true. It opens them up. It definitely yeah, yeah, would have yeah, been yeah. the CD like in Target where they have to put the sticker over the where the word mark of Titty. Yeah. Because but so so they could have it on their sales floor. Yeah. And it's no limit for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. There's no other label that's putting out Titty Boy besides No, no Limit. 
<laughs> and I think and and two chains and future are are they 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 future specifically always comes to mind because I I really I I do as somebody somebody that's creative and as somebody that's that's uh, that's always paying attention to the way presentation is. I love the way that future presents himself. He's and he's a good looking dude. Mm-hmm. He has good style. Yeah, great brand. Great brand. His music sucks. Minus though. a Gap commercial, but great band. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were yeah. going to let that one go. <laughs> yeah. But his music is so unbelievably mediocre. And and even future fans, there's no arguing that his last, because well, he's put out three albums in six months, have been really, really watered down and diluted. I think, though, that, okay, so so the brand thing, right? It's 2019, and you used to have, it was there was album cycles, and you'd go into the studio and you'd be in the studio and you'd work just on music and you could focus on, you'd stop everything else. Yeah, That doesn't happen anymore. You're just on a treadmill and you're just writing especially songs. Especially in hip hop. Especially in hip hop. So you're just writing songs, you, you know, stop in a city, like set up some, some monitors and like you work on a record. You don't like lock out for an album or for an EP. And so I think that now it's, it's creating a world. Like you have your whole, you have your brand, but you're creating a world and you're creating a community of people. And I think that the music part of it is just, it's like, it's a small part. It's unfortunate because it, it's the, the fans aren't forcing you to make your music better. They just want to like, yeah. they just want the content. They just not, like- Not keep, out loud anyway, they're not. They're, yeah. but, they, but you kind of are forced because people forget about you if you don't put an album out. I don't know if they do though, because I think if you put out other shit that is captivating them, that if you have other things in your world and in your brand, I, I think that they let it slide. I'm with you though, because yeah. I think we're getting kind of that, whatever you want to call it, the pushback or the the inverse of, of all of this content, 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 got to be posting two times a day to social media, yada, yada, yada. We are getting that because the most interesting artists right now are the guys that aren't talking the loudest. They're not yeah. the loudest person in the room. The Frank Oceans are the most interesting characters. The the uh, Kendrick Lamars who don't post to social media every day. I agree day. with that fully. There's a lot of like, but, but there's, those a, dudes, there's a reaction, but those dudes, I guess. You can't, you can't build your career. Like if you're, if you're like your average R&B singer coming up, you can't bake. Like the reason Frank Ocean is able to pull that off is because he's like that he's that small, small, small percentage of talent and brand that allows him to do that. Same thing with Kendrick. Like the fact that Kendrick is able to be as successful and as popular as he is in the current climate is an anomaly. Well, no question. You have to get to a a level or a point. You have to have some serious (laughs) success to be able to carve your own path. You can't just say like, oh, you know what? This is... JSO, my new project, and I'll put out a song every five years. But they feel like completely different things to me. I mean, like Kendrick and Offset feel like completely different things. Almost like there should be a branding Grammys. Like the Offset brand is, it's amazing. But then the tunes are like, you can't even put those songs. Like he, you know, he was saying he wants a Grammy for like this, this latest album. And I'm like, you can't even put that album next to something that Kendrick's done. Like sure. they just seem they seem like two different forms of art to me almost. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, I just wonder with these guys and 21 Savage, let's go to 21 Savage. Like he's 21 Savage, I would argue that would not have a career unless he will look the way he looked. Wouldn't and, have a and career. It's a little bit different than Future because Future's, I think, is really good looking and white people are probably attracted to listening to Future's music because of that. 21 Savage has like a cross tattoo on his head and he looks like a thug. And his name's 21 Savage. 
So like there's a brand there that you're buying into. 18-year-old me would be in on that oh, too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even even if you, even if you knew he was British. <laughs> Is he British? Yeah. That's oh, why you got that's that's why why deported. Getting, kind yeah, of, you broke 18-year-old me's heart a little bit right now. <laughs> he slick ricked us. Wow. I just don't know when at what point when hip hop and and hope maybe we're seeing it right now. I'm hoping it's right now where it goes back to Listen, branding is always going to be there. And I mean, look at someone like Calvin Harris, right? Like mm-hmm. his music has gotten progressively better and better and better. But you can't argue that his profile didn't change when all of a sudden he went like buff Calvin Harris started showing up. Well, it's, sure. it's, There's it's no multiple question. things too, right? The- Diplo is the same way. Like Diplo completely changed the way his, 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 his physical look. Right. You know, and granted, I, I, he's not quite as, as big um, as, as someone like Calvin. Also, but, uh, Diplo needs to marry like uh, Hadid or he needs to just take this thing go high to, profile, yeah. he needs to go all the way. He's, he's right there. He Isn't he married? Needs, he needs to Calvin, go all the way. Calvin in. did it and Calvin dated Taylor oh, yeah, Swift. That's right. right. And that definitely helped his profile. There's no question. But that's what I mean. Like there's all these new cheat codes that didn't really exist 20 years ago. And part of it too that we're not touching on is the branding aspect. There's never been so much interest in hip hop from American corporations than there is now. There wasn't, sponsors for your hip-hop artists 25 years ago. Hip-hop festivals, those things didn't really exist. And if they did, they didn't have Coca-Cola or Google or any of this stuff getting behind it because it was still scary. Now it's become more accessible and more uh, Well, like we always talked about. In a weird way. uh, You know, we've been talking about this for a while, but like what we're seeing right now in hip-hop as far as like 41-year-old Kanye West and a... uh, a 46-year-old Jay-Z and a 45-year-old Eminem and a 38-year-old Lil Wayne, like this is the first time we're ever seeing these these like hip-hop megastars age. Because yeah. that's never really existed before. Mm-hmm. Even if you look at the people like the Chuck D's and the Run DMC's and all, they still were not superstars. No, right. They weren't like, you could even classify, you know, someone like Jay-Z at this point. He's a pop star at this point. Yeah. You know, he's a pop artist. Um and we're, this is this is all new ground for all a lot of these a lot of these uh, these acts um, because so much of what hip hop is is predicated on youth. Yes, you know all music in general. Yeah, really. but not quite the same as hip hop. I mean, lyrically, everything is about the come up in hip hop, yeah. which is why it's for <laughs> for rappers to evolve into you know the next stage in their life, like the Jay Zs or the Diddies or any of these guys. You have to diversify you have to take because like like you said what's jay-z gonna tell me about like i can't relate to him being a billionaire and his his daughter drinking my virgin mai tais in the bahamas like that's just not as and it's definitely evolved like whether you loved it or hated it like 444 was was at least an content wise was an evolution for him as an artist i liked it but it was album but but it doesn't but but again it doesn't like that that album did not speak to an eighteen-year-old at all. No, and it should. He doesn't mean anything. It shouldn't have, an and that's why that's why I dislike that uh, Kamikaze so much because it really, to me, sounded like Eminem <clears throat> trying to do the same shit that he did on the Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah, there wasn't any evolution. It just, like, to... I don't really care about an angry Marshall Mathers anymore. Yeah, like, what are you mad about? I loved it, and I loved working out to it. I was so in <laughs> on Kamikaze. It. Yeah, I liked Kamikaze. Eminem. I, I liked loved it. So in on it. Content-wise, it's great, but yeah. I'm saying like it doesn't really. His, in general, a lot of his music, if you were to go back and play for 
an 18 year old old Eminem that we grew up on. Like it's just not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that, but that's not even the problem. It's just Eminem style as a grown ass man versus Eminem style as an angry 25 year old from a disenfranchised area in Michigan. Early 20s. It's a lot different. It's a lot different. I mean, Lil Wayne, like Lil Wayne has made a career off of lean and wearing weird ass clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now like, your daughter's older. Now than he's most bouncing people. around on stage with like a country act at the halftime show at the end for the NCAA championship, and it looks fucking weird. It just he looks a little bit too so, old to be doing so, this. Wait, so how do we want them to evolve though? Like, <laughs> I think what, what, I think like, rap just doesn't age well. Like right. uh, you know, the superstars don't age as well as different genres, and maybe it's just because this is the first time we're really going through superstars in hip hop actually aging, and we know there's really no playbook for what it's supposed well, and to look you, and like. And I'm going to mm-hmm. tell, and I know I've, I've gotten back to this well 150 times over the last 12 months, but that's why Daytona was so spectacular. He's peaking at, 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 as a 42-year-old rapper. Like Pusha T arguably has his biggest album when he's 42. That's never happened in hip-hop But before. I also think that's right. a big part of that is Kanye getting the best out of him in, in, the, in the studio. Sure, but whether... But but his content hasn't changed. Is my point. He's still rapping about about dealing drugs. It's trap rap. Like it's it's drug mm-hmm. dealing rap. That's mm-hmm. what that's what it is. Like it's still it still has the same spirit as the the, the clip song with Pharrell. Mm-hmm. You know. Totally. But I don't know. I love the last Little Wayne album. I know you didn't like it. I still thought it was dope. It was great to have him back. Great to hear him. The artwork we all know. Sucked, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't like Wayne or Eminem. But I love period, the last but, album, man. I thought the last one was great. I liked Kamikaze too. I didn't think it was. I didn't. Hated as much as I think you guys did, and crushed commercially. Mm. Yeah, I mean it was better than revival, right? It was better than the one before that. <laughs> that's for sure. I, I've said, I think I've said this before that, like for me, that how you know certain artists they just give you those feels that it's like it's getting like your mom's cooking or something. Like I'm, I'm in on kamikaze because it just reminds me. That yeah. like it's something it's comfort new. Food. It's comfort food, and it and reminds me of no. Of and I and honestly, shit. like sonically, I didn't necessarily have a huge problem with Kamikaze. Like I like I never got the Eminem thing in the first place, but like listening to it, understood like okay, I could see how Eminem fans like this. I, I, I liked it, but I never played it again. But it wasn't an evolution for Eminem, and that goes back to these other problems with these artists. Well, he didn't. Use, when does he the evolution problem? He when, didn't when, use the f word in this one. <laughs> yeah, he did. He called Tyler Tyler the creator. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He did. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I mean an evolution of the art, not not as far as just acting like a grown ass man. <laughs> you know, it's in it. It's listen, like Wayne. The other hip- thing, I'll give Wayne a pass because there's there's a there's a there's a large train of thought that thinks most of this album that came out was the album that was that was being held by um, by Birdman. Yeah, and you can't put an album out six years later or whatever, however long it took, and it's going to still rapping about Obama. <laughs> 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 Pretty much, yeah. Um, Here's so the thing: I, is like I'm going to judge Wayne a little bit more music. fairly on his next album right. than, I, than 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 the Carter Five or whatever the fuck it was called. But, but hip hop and, and dance and music his, is, and his cover art better be better this next it, album. It's too. a young man's game, and and in most part between both of those genres is because we we don't have 80 year olds who have come and gone in either one of those genres like we have in rock. We well, know what rock stars are sure. supposed to age like. Well, but even in rock, right? So. There's certain rock that ages. Better than other like oh, like we talk you, you you know you talk about Guns N' Roses like Axl Rose you might disagree with me on this but <laughs> it's starting to look a little ridiculous playing Welcome to the Jungle you know with his True Religion jeans on in front of a, <laughs> a head blowing up with you know well, well Slash still looks cool I'll give him that 
Uh, versus like with. Neil Young. Yeah. Neil Young still looks cool playing the guitar. Dude, Keith Richards know. still looks Keith great. Keith Richards still looks cool. Uh, you like know, he looks old and leathery, but in, like in a good way. Yeah, he doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he lost a step. But well, but McJagger's starting to look ridiculous though. You could argue. You think so? There's an argument. McJagger is like, you know, you just. I don't know, man. Eddie Vedder still looks rad to me. Way younger. Totally. Still 50s, gotta be. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think it I think it comes through in the music one way or the other. Like I I famously let's just put it this way. Remember the old cello thing, whatever it was called? Yeah, it was awesome. Right. Like, could you imagine in twenty years if there was like an old cello version for hip hop? Like what that would well, look that's like. What I was and there will about. be. There will be. There will like, be. How whack sure. is that gonna be when seventy five year old Jay Z gets up on stage and plays plays girls, girls, girls? I don't think it will be. That's I think it's it weird. I think it's kinda cool though. That's just gonna be weird. Yeah, it might happen. I think like, it's what does cool. a seventy-year-old Jay Z even wear on stage? He wheels up there. Like he can't wear. He can't dress. Yeah, it's just I bizarre. think though that it's like that whole culture. It's a culture of survivors, and they're going to figure it out. They're I gonna figure. So. They're gonna figure out how to evolve and like how to stay relevant and how to be cool. It's not gonna be as relevant or as cool as maybe they'd like it to be, but I think it's it will be at a level. And I I do think that like going to see a seventy-year-old Jay Z concert. And they will, it will be cool because I still think hip hop's about to hit its recession, but it's still never going away. It's still going to be the forefront. It's 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 a part of pop music. It's the same thing as like, remember people thought, oh, dance music's just going to go away like it did in the 90s. It's not going anywhere. No. It's sunk back in. It's not, it's not the forefront of the conversation. It market market corrects itself, but it doesn't mean it's going away. Yeah. I mean, everything in music and film and fashion, it's all Yeah, look at rock. Yeah, I mean, look at rock. Famously, it's going through like the 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 fucking desert of rock music for you could say for what the last decade. We talked to someone from was it Guitar Center that was saying that kids come in and they want to buy DJ equipment. No one wants to buy. Him. Oh yeah, like no the, one the, buys. Right? CDJ outsells the guitar, I think, by double. That's crazy. No. Yeah, it's just not the medium. It's so much more accessible, and you don't need a band. Well, and you're not. You probably don't pull as much as many chicks as you used to <laughs> like no i'm serious like you that used to be one of the reasons you want to be in a band or play the guitar like 100%. everybody wanted to be a guitarist you want to pull chicks like it's probably it's the mystique's gone a little but bit. i think my whole like fat tie skinny tie thing i sure. think that there'll be a revolution and i think that the we're all hoping that like the next generation yeah. like the band thing will be cool again yeah. because like all like the the whack kids are, are the djs yeah it's it's like one of those things you know but you just don't know yet like the band thing is gonna come back big like, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna dominate the way that hip hop is dominating right now. Yeah, yeah, true. I actually think that that exactly what we're talking about with the branding side of things and like you know the music not being as good. I think that that's gonna happen across a lot of different art mediums. That like this flood of content that hopefully that that's the era that we're in right now. Right, is just flooding the world with content. But then it's like you know the the really creative people are going to be the ones that rise to the top and it's going to be elevated hopefully like it's I, not just going to be more it's going to be like I agree because be I think we're going to get to a tipping point with social media where it's going to not going to be cool anymore mm-hmm. and like you know what I mean like oh, maybe, yeah. I feel like in sure. 10 years or 5 years of my kids figure out Facebook or Instagram it's just not going to be cool to them well, this that, is gnarly, be something new, but this, this is a gnarly statement. But like, I I believe wholeheartedly that social media is this generation's cocaine. 
No, I we've yeah, said this yeah, before. Yeah, I like fully, it's, it's, even this generation does have a lot of cocaine too. <laughs> this generation has a lot of cocaine. <laughs> cocaine has a lot of cocaine. Yeah. Also, there's there's two. Yeah, Definitely yeah. way more cocaine now. Than there was when I was in high school. <laughs> that, yeah, it's, the '80s are back, drug wise for sure. I, I'm with you though. I think it's, you know, I don't know if you started noticing like on Sunday night or whatever. It tells you that how much your screen time is yeah. at and yeah. it's down. And it like, like and, and I think that's got that's a legal thing, right? I think that's almost like the beginning yeah. of like what's going to be like truth, like for. <laughs> For smoking and cigarettes, that mm-hmm. it's like because it, it gives you a um, it, it it's it's positive if you you taking your screen time down. So it's yeah. like yeah, you've only done this this week. You were only on yeah. it four hours a day. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. Good for you. How are we looking on time, PJ? Well, all right, let's wrap it up. Chris, dude, thanks for coming back. Oh man, I loved it. Come I loved right. it. Can we Coming just back say, to that neon black. Can I just say one thing? What do you want to say, Jason? Supreme Band Aid, dude. Supreme Band Aid. You're gonna get one. It's only six bucks for. Listen, dude. I Supreme want one. Wait, can you buy me one for my birthday sure. so I can rock it? I'll like buy Nelly? you the box. The box. The I think whole is box. Twelve bucks. <laughs> I want to wear it like Nelly. When you when you cut your finger with the Supreme uh, so cool. knife, like their, their little Supreme no, and it has like they the, have the hatchet. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a Swiss Army knife. Like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna need a Supreme Band Aid. Yeah. Why is this? Why is it not whack yet? You're Good making band aids. I'm just so happy for. That. I wish I was those guys. So do I. There's, like, there's a what? market for it. I'm not even mad at it. No, no, no. Literally Listen, anything not that. that they can think about making it will make money. I'm not it's mad, but at one. But at what point is the joke over? It'll end. Ten years from now, I don't know. They might turn into IKEA. It may never be over, dude. I feel like ten years from now, people that rock Supreme are going to be like, "Fuck! I used to wear Affliction jeans." <laughs> no, Same shit. it'll never be that bad. It'll never be that bad. True religion. I think you'll feel bad that you paid that much for a fucking band aid. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, one band aid is five dollars. Six dollars. Six bucks. Oh, I thought it was a pack of band aids, and I was like, oh, that's competitive. Fifteen dollars for a box. <laughs> Fifteen bucks for the box. There's probably only like three in there. But still. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Neon black. Yeah,